Blog Talk Radio. I'm Robert Rogers, and this is Parkinson's Recovery. If you're interested in getting some ideas of what you can do to get relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's, you have come to the right place and the right time. This is the holiday season, and I want everybody to know who's a Parkinson's Recovery member and who regularly visits the member website to be sure and visit the member website over the holidays. I have created and invented an approach for assessing all possible factors that might be causing your current symptoms. So basically, I went back and I identified what everybody has told me has been a factor for them. And this particular assessment gives you an opportunity to just literally go down, take some time, and assess what might be a potential cause that you hadn't even considered. Uh, So for those of you who are members, don't forget, I know it's the holiday and time to take a break, but don't forget to check in to the website and take a little time to go through that particular assessment. And if you're not a member, uh, you can click in there to the member website for free for uh, three days. And so that's maybe something you might want to consider. More information is at parkinsonsrecovery.org. My guest today is Rick Secklin, who is the author of Parkinson's Disease, Looking Down the Barrel, talking about a powerful title for a book. Rick, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm certainly glad to be here. So I know you've got an incredible story to tell uh, about uh, first realizing that you had some of the symptoms of Parkinson's and then all of the kinds of things that happened afterward. Tell us some about that experience. Uh, Well, I mean, it goes on from the time I got diagnosed. I mean, there's a lot of issues there with uh, getting uh, getting diagnosed, finding the right medical doctors to, to do that if you don't get the proper medical attention. And, uh, you know, with all the other disorders that go along with Parkinson's, your uh, depression and mood, not being able to sleep, besides the actual symptoms of Parkinson's, uh, you know, the rigidity and uh, shaking and so forth, um, the doctors are trying to treat all those and find the right dosage, and everybody is different. And uh, so I went through a series of different doctors and eventually uh, found uh, some good doctors. Uh, I was living in Midland, Texas at the time and uh, had some local doctors uh, take a look, and I wanted a second opinion and get get some other treatment and ended up going to uh, uh, the Scott and White Medical College in Temple, Texas. Uh, there, uh, you know, I got, uh, a, you know, a proper uh, diagnosis, and actually the, the the first diagnosis, actually, and uh and then from there uh, I had another series of doctors uh from from Midland to uh Wisconsin where I live now. Uh well, you know, in the beginnings when I first uh when I first got diagnosed, um you know, you, a lot of different things go through your head, you know, of course you're going to the first thing you're going to say is why me. And uh I mean that's anything that goes through through our mind. Why me? What did I do? What could you do different? You know, we start looking back on our history and you know what what might have caused this. You know, what in our life uh, might have caused this? I myself, um, I was a bodybuilder at one time, um, and I competed uh, you know in, in a lot of different contests here in Milwaukee and nationally, and um, 
And so I started, the first thing that came to my mind was, well, I did take steroids. Maybe steroids caused it. And I went back and I looked at uh, maybe, maybe the period that I was in the Navy. Uh, I was in the Navy during the Vietnam War. Uh, um, the ship I was on, uh, I was assigned as a gunner's mate in the back of the ship. I was in charge of the small arms locker, which is right above the stern and the propellers. And I smelled diesel fuel all day long. So I thought, well, you know, sometimes they say that Parkinson's can, you can develop that from the environmental issues. And so I thought, well, maybe that's it's from that. I was a cabinet maker for uh, about four or five years. And um, being a cabinet maker, you're in a spray booth and spraying different uh, uh, contact glues on countertops and so forth. And, you know, there's many times that I, you know, wouldn't have a mask on. And actually some years I went without a mask on. So, you know, it could be from that too. So those are all the things that anybody with Parkinson's disease will ask, you know, start going through their, their history, trying to find out, you know, what, you know, what it could be, and, and how we might have been able to change that. Um, and of course, uh, you know, then uh, once you find out what you really have, you know, I I dealt with uh, just the disease like any of us do in the beginning. I actually, uh, you know, being a Christian, uh, and uh, you know, I, I I felt like oh, I was gonna I was gonna fight this tooth and nail, and and uh, Going forward, uh, you know, I was I was very strong, but then sure, other symptoms start to, to hit you, and other things happen. I mean, I uh, four years into my diagnosis, I found myself divorced. Um, my son uh, stayed with me for about a year after the divorce, and then eventually moved in with his mother. I'm sure you couldn't stand my moods that I had. Uh, I ended up just quitting my job one day. I worked for the sheriff's office. And uh, I was a law enforcement officer and just walked in there one day and, and quit after uh, 14 years. And I found myself sitting at the edge of the bed with uh, a gun in my hand looking down the barrel of my own duty pistol uh, with my finger on the trigger. And, uh, um, you know, a good thing about that is I'm still here, so we all know that I didn't pull the trigger. And uh, I... Uh, a number of different things that occurred in my life that might uh, be why I you know, I didn't do that. Of course, I love my kids. I have, uh, you know, uh, three kids and four grandchildren, and uh, I couldn't imagine doing something like that. Of course, I was in the right state of mind. Uh, one thing about Parkinson's is that it's not just it's not just the disease and some of the symptoms we have, but there's a lot of different side effects, other things that happen and and, and, and really affect the family. Your uh your mood, uh your uh depression, um even in within the marriage, uh sexual dysfunction. Um so many different things that can happen that that may be the root of causes of people having problems. Some of these things will happen before someone's even actually diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And uh, so the doctors are now becoming aware of some of this. And, and of course, you know, depression is a big part of it, and we're getting treated for that. But my battle went on, and, and uh, um, you know, of course, I eventually came out of that. And but I had sleep disorders and, uh, you know, rigidity on my right side. I've been battling that for, I was diagnosed in 2003. And, 
uh, actually uh, ended up quitting my job about three years, four years after that. And that was maybe part of an impulse disorder that comes with some of the side effects of Parkinson's or the meds we take. Um, some people are into gambling. That actually happened to me for a period of time. Uh, maybe some of the meds that I took that I felt like you know, wanted to gamble. Um, started off with scratch-off tickets and you know, I ended up going to Vegas one time and, and blowing $3,000 in the first few hours. And I didn't have that kind of money, but I was trying to get more from my bank to get, get more in my hand. And I couldn't stop. It didn't matter if I won or lost. I just wanted to go through the motions. And, uh, you know, people are finding this out now and, and finding that there's a lot of different, uh, a myriad of problems that, uh, that occur with, uh, this disease. Uh, there was a period of time that, uh, you know, you, you, you try to do anything you can. If you're not getting sleep and you're, you're depressed, um, you try to do what you can. I actually went through a period while I worked for the sheriff's office um, where I ended up, you know, being a bad cop. I ended up getting some marijuana knowing that uh, marijuana could be good for medicinal use. And I tried a, I tried a marijuana cigarette and joint, we call it, and, and uh, uh, it sure calmed the right side of my body down. And so I, I, I would smoke a little bit at nighttime, you know, just before I went to bed. Of course, I wouldn't go to work, you know, smoking or anything. I never, never used anything during the day, uh, during my work hours. I only did that for a little while. I was one of those... One of those officers that wanted to be like Serpico, if you remember Serpico from New York. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, you know, good cop. He he went and uh, fought corruption in New York, and and I was uh, I was in the Navy at the time when I read the read the book. It was the book uh, New York City Police that ended up being the movie Serpico. But he fought corruption, and uh, I wanted to be a police officer. At that time in Milwaukee. Um, Right before I went to the Navy, I, I thought about getting, becoming a police aide, but uh, they had height requirements. I'm 5'6", and you had to be 5'8", so that wasn't going to work for me. But nevertheless, I still had that interest and read the book and then saw the movie. And, and eventually, some years later, and you know, after uh, uh, carpentry and millwork, I ended up uh, as a law enforcement officer. And uh, I wanted to be one of those law enforcement officers that was the good cop. You know, did everything by the book, followed policies and procedures. Um, I ended up being a sergeant at the sheriff's office. I was an instructor for TCLOS, the Texas Commission on Law Enforcement Standards and Education, and uh, supervisor. And uh, and yet, when Parkinson's hit, yeah, four years into it, I found myself, you know, trying to relieve some of my symptoms to be to be normal. And uh, I dealt with the guilt of that, and that was that was worse than anything, because um, here I was going to work, and I knew that I had officers out in the field that were risking their life for people bringing stuff that I was doing at home, and if you can imagine that guilt, um, I had to try to live with that, and of course that you know didn't help any of my moods and so forth, and. Um, just you know, put me put me down and under, and uh, ended up wanting to 
just run away from everything. And I ended up doing that. I, uh, I, uh, being faithful, I lost my faith in God. I hated God at the time. I blamed God. Um, after, uh, after my son left, I one day walked into work and, and just quit. I just, maybe the compulsive thing again, but I just, I, I, I couldn't handle the stress or the politics or whatever it was. You know, I'm going to blame it on the Parkinson's and just on the compulsive disorder and just quit. And uh, I had gone to school um, uh, for criminal justice, and I received my uh, degree. I graduated cum laude from Lubbock Christian University and uh, was a class leader. I was um, awarded uh, Crime Prevention Officer Year in 2006 in Midland, Texas. And uh, here I was, just giving up a whole career. And uh, stayed in my house for a few months, and I ended up uh, leaving everything to a friend and just coming back to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to to run and, and, and uh, you know, find something. And uh, I had family up here and grandkids up here, so it, it's what I needed. Um, my son, my youngest son, 19, uh, came into the room uh, home from school one day um, the day I had that gun in my hand, um, ready to pull that trigger. And as I heard that front door open up, I hid that gun underneath the pillow. I had been crying and, uh, depressed and, and he came in the room just to check on me. He had been, he understood I had been, you know, crying a lot and being depressed, not just because of the Parkinson's, but because of the divorce with his mother, uh, after 18 years. And, uh, you know, just his love and tell me that everything will be okay and and uh, convince me that the best thing for me to do was to move back to Milwaukee to be with my other kids, as he had made the decision before that that he was going to move in with his mother in, uh, in Nevada. And, uh, and he was a smart kid. He knew what was right, what you know, what I needed. He knew where I'd find happiness and and so forth. And it's an important thing with Parkinson's is that we all need support and support from everybody around us, from our friends, from our family, support groups from people we don't know, but eventually will become our friends. Um, People with Parkinson's have have to have some type of support to help pull them through some of the downtimes that they're going to have. And I believe that, and, and as part of me writing my story, um, to just to let people know out there the importance of finding a cure for this disease, the battles that we deal with, the effects that Parkinson's has on not only the individual that has the disease, but his family around him, because they're all... They're all connected, and they're all part of it. And caregivers, we're thankful for them. Caregivers are everybody around us, their friends and family. And uh, and they need to understand um, sometimes it's not just these physical ailments where we can't move a leg or can't move an arm or become rigid and, and uh, that there's other things that affect our thought processes and... and uh, 
You know, it's not that we don't love, you know, our wife or uh, our children. It's that sometimes these things are affecting our uh, our mind. But I ended up uh, I ended up coming back up here and uh, to Milwaukee and uh, you know stayed with my children for a while and and, and gratefully ended up meeting uh, a single mother of two boys and and um, she's a teacher and we fell in love and I remarried and I'm very happy and uh, I'm happy to be around my children and my grandchildren and and. Uh, and life couldn't be better. And what I'm finding is that we all have uh, to find uh, a new purpose. We all have a purpose, and we don't know what that is. And we can blame God and, you know, blame the disease and, you know, try to find someone to blame. But what we can do is we can take our, our ailments and turn it into a positive and and that's what I am doing, and it's what I'm trying to do, and and that's why I wrote my story and trying to get my story out to everybody to let them know that we can find a new purpose that that uh, we may not have the right answers, uh, and we won't, and we leave that to God and and uh, just follow His His path and. Uh, it can lead us lead us on to better things and help us and help us get through day to day. If you'd like to be able to ask Rick a question or talk with him, you can call the following toll free number if you live in the United States eight seven seven five nine zero zero seven three three. Or if you live outside the U.S., you can call a number. Uh, that is as follows, 347-945-5358. Do you miss police work, Rick? Oh, my God, do I miss police work. Um, yes, I do. It's, uh, you know, I, when I actually moved up here, um, the first thing I did is try to find another job. And, and I'll tell you, the most depressing thing that the most depressing thing that can happen is that if if you have a career and you get up and walk away, I don't care how good of an officer you were, I don't care how much education you have, but if you leave a job without giving notice, you're not going to have another career after that in that, in that same field. And so I, I tried to, uh, you know, acquire a couple different positions, and uh, uh, that didn't work out. And, you know, of course, they look back at your history, and then they want to know why you quit. And then you start with the problem is, do I disclose? Do I let them know about my Parkinson's? And what was your decision? Did you disclose or not? Well, I, you know, that's a, that's, that's a good question. Uh, sometimes I did and sometimes I didn't. Um, there was a, you know, one of the jobs I, I, I received, I didn't say anything about my disease, but um, when, I, when I was hired, they had their own doctor on site. Um, they have a big facility, big plant, um, sausage-making plant up here, and I got hired on as a supervisor. 
pretty good salary. And, um, you know, I thought, well, okay, well, good. My, my management degree is going to come in handy. This will be great. And, um, and uh, went through a big process, and they did hire me. And uh, But then I had to get that physical, and uh, I had to disclose what medicines I was, I was taking. Well, that's a gift. That's a gift. You tell them what medicines you're taking. Well, I'm taking uh, carbidopa and L-dopa. Oh, why? Do you have Parkinson's? <laughs> so you tell them. So then, you know, so then they knew. Uh, that, of course, you know, um, you know, American Disabilities Act, they can't not hire you. And I, I got or not continue with your employment. And uh, I went on and, and worked at the plant for about three days. Of course, my Parkinson's got in the way of that. And it was a very big plant. A lot of walking up and down stairs and many flights of stairs and it was just too much, and I had to tell them, due to the Parkinson's, I just I I couldn't continue after three days. So that was that was pretty sad. Um, I ended up taking another position uh, after that. Um, I let them know right away about the Parkinson's, but uh, li- you know lied and said that it wouldn't affect me, and which it didn't. You know, six seven months later, uh, uh, I just I I couldn't do it. I I just couldn't, and and gave up that position too. So. Unfortunately, that didn't work. But uh, yeah, I do. I do miss law enforcement uh, very much. It was uh, it was a great career. I worked at I worked at prisons in New Mexico before that, and a couple you know a couple different uh, facilities there, and and then I worked at the sheriff's office there in Texas, and and uh, and I just I loved it. I wasn't uh, I wasn't out on patrol, so I wasn't arresting anybody for marijuana and taking their stuff. If anybody's thinking that. Um, I was a, a jail administrator inside, or a jail a sergeant administrator. I don't want to say I was an administrator, and uh, and you know doing a lot of paperwork and and supervising 16, 16 people and running a couple shifts, and uh, and I really really enjoyed that. My hope, and that's why I went back to school and got my degree at fifty, which is the same year I was diagnosed with Parkinson's. I might note that yeah, I'm still paying college uh, expenses on uh, education that I can't even use. And uh, but uh, besides that, I mean, I uh, you know I I, I miss it, and uh, I wish I was still working, and I I could work many many more years. My uh, my own father um, is. Uh, uh, going to be 83. Is 83 already here in the 20th, and uh, he's um, he's not retired yet. He's a clinical psychologist uh, in Texas, still working for prison systems there, and 83 years old, still working, never retired. So, how much? I mean, at 50, uh, 57 years old now. I mean, I had many more years to work, which you know now are gone. Other ways that I could work and. And, and that's doing what I'm doing is, is getting my story out there and going to support groups and talking to people and uh, inspiring them to maybe tell their story uh, um, or just help them through their process and, and lift their spirits as much as they can from a, you know any moment that they're down. You mentioned how critical support groups are to individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's. What are your support groups? 
Well, my support groups, of course, um, like I said, uh, your support groups are, are your caregivers and, and people around you. Uh, my support groups are uh, my friends, my family, my t- my children, well, their family, of course. Um, I have uh, a couple support groups I had uh, attended back in uh, Texas, and I, and now that I'm attending here in uh, in Milwaukee, and and you meet people, of, you know, you meet people there, and and that certainly helps. But those uh, um, those are important, and uh, those are my support groups. And uh, you know, I would have to say my biggest support besides my uh, immediate family is uh, is God. Because I I really feel that uh, you know when when somebody struggles through something like this, you try to find those answers, and you you, you got to let those answers or let those problems lie on somebody else's shoulders, and and, uh, and 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 take what's given to you and and use it for the better, and that's what I'm doing. And, and so I'd say, yeah, my my support groups are uh, some of the support groups I attend, my family and God. What has helped you the most with respect to getting relief from the symptoms that you have been experiencing? Well, that's a it's a that's a tough question. It's it, I would say if anything, of course the medicine. I mean, uh but then, you know, we know that taking the medicine can cause other side effects too. Um so sometimes I just uh deal with them. I'm you know, I'm I, I take my meds every four hours. I'm, I have dosages that I'm sure are different than everybody else, and you know, we all progress differently. And and so my uh, the different medicines I take, I'm looking at my table right now, and I'm probably seeing uh, about nine different bottles there of different kind of meds that I take. You know, for uh, bi- bipolar, for depression, for uh, for Parkinson's, uh, for <laughs> for blood pressure too. But uh, Dealing with the disease will surely get your blood pressure up, but um, but uh, yeah, and I you know, and like I said in the past, I had uh, had tried the marijuana, and and that was that was that was an immediate, immediate you know an immediate relief of symptoms. Your right, my right side is the, my affected side, and if I just smoked a couple tokes on a marijuana joint, my whole right side would completely relax. And, and although that, you know, I know that um, I haven't, you know, I haven't used this stuff. I mean, I, I, I did back then then stopped. I mean, I had uh, a family member get me some more, and but it just I don't touch the stuff because it's, you know, it's just not, you know, I, I'm still, I still have that officer, that law enforcement officer mentality. It's just, it's illegal. And so I, I feel guilty. Even though I'm not a cop anymore, I still feel guilty, and and I, I just wish we had medicinal use for it so that I could feel more relaxed to use it. So I just rely on my medicines, and and uh, and that's about it. What has helped you the least to get relief from the current symptoms that you are experiencing? Well, I would say the least. Would be inactivity, um, inactivity, not 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 doing anything. Um, if there's periods that you get that will get you down, and and uh, and the, I, I I really think that 
that will cause more problems, which can cause stress, and stress in itself really makes the Parkinson's worse. So you have to stay away from anything that can cause stress. So the, the least thing would be, you know, uh, just not being active. I think getting out there and, and, and being active, even if it's not going outside, being active could be inside, but being doing something productive, you know, like I'm doing with my story. I mean, my my story is, hasn't ended in, in just a book. I mean, I'm trying to get the I'm trying to get the story out to uh, um, you know to to help other people to find awareness for Parkinson's and uh, you know and show the different challenges that people fight with with this disease every day. I would love to try to find a way to raise funds uh, to help research and find a cure. And uh, and I actually have people working and, and, and collaborating on uh, the possibility of, of turning this into a, a movie. And, of course, we'd be always looking for other people to help us, you know, in that arena. Um, but those are the things that I, I, I do to stay busy and, and, and be productive. And, and, uh, and that helps. Um, I think if you just sit back and just give up, um, that's the worst thing. And, and you know, I used to, I did that for quite a period of time, Robert. I, 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 I would wake up and look in the mirror and I'd see an old man with Parkinson's. And, and I did that for a long time. And I got tired of waking up and looking in the mirror and seeing that old man with Parkinson's. You know, and um, I remember, you know, uh, I remember a story that I heard that, um, uh, who is it, the uh, Apple uh, computer? Uh, Steve Jobs, I think. Steve Jobs. You know, he he told a story one time and said that, you know, he would uh, would look in the mirror in the morning and if he – if he he asked himself the question, "Am I going to be happy doing what I'm going to be doing today?" If he answered no a few times, he would change what he's doing. Now, of course, that that you know you know was addressed to maybe a job that he was doing or something maybe he was inventing. But um, I look at it as you know I get tired of looking at the same old you know old man in the mirror. Uh, with Parkinson's, I decided I needed to do something about it and change something about it. I want to be the old man with Parkinson's. You know, I'll be the guy in the mirror with Parkinson's that's doing something about it instead. And uh, and I really feel that through God, um, I was able to sit down and, and write the story and, and, and get it out there. And, you know, and really excited about the responses that I got with people and how moved they get from reading this story. Um, and I try to bring some funny stuff into it and and be real about it, but uh, you know, um, some of it's sad and some of it can be happy. But um, that's uh, you know, I think that's what everybody needs to do. They need to find you know something to do, even when they have Parkinson's. They got to get up and move, and got to get up and, and and do something new. Use the disease if you have to. Richard Secklin, you are the author of Parkinson's Disease, Looking Down the Barrel. Tell everyone about your book. Well, the book is, 
is is about you know it, it goes on and says it's the you know mid, uh, uh, sheriff's midlife cri- uh, midlife memoirs, and I can say midlife crisis because that's what it was, uh, and and just how I I dealt with getting diagnosed, um, the process of getting diagnosed and finding the right doctors, uh, the uh, the process of uh, Finding uh, the right medications, the the right support groups, and how this disease affects the family. Um, you know, here I was, you know, uh, happily married and and working. Um, you know, uh, young son at, at at home still in school that I coach football with, and you know, and and uh, an honored officer working for the sheriff's office, and and. Uh, you know, everything was great. I was, uh, you know, going to church on Sundays, having Bible study at my house on Fridays, and and it, life couldn't have been better. And, uh, and then, you know, every once in a while something happens, we get handed a different card, and this was the card I got handed. And, and to show how Parkinson's affects everybody um, and how it affects people differently, how it progresses differently for everybody, and, and other ailments that happen within the disease that uh, um, just that are related that that affect um, family friends jobs careers you know everything and uh, you know I want to get that story out and uh, I'm really excited that uh, you know it, it got out there Have you written a book previously and been an author of another book, or is this your first book? Uh, it's actually my my second book. Um, the first book, really, that I got published. Um, I had uh, back in the early '90s, um, being a I was like I said, I you know I was a bodybuilder. I was Mr. Milwaukee in 1982 and competed up here in Milwaukee in a number of contests. I opened up a health club in uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico, and I ran a gym out there called Main Street Muscle. Um, competed nationally, and I actually won the National Goats Classic in 1986. And, you know, it was great. I was in magazines. I was on ESPN. Things couldn't have been, you know, nicer for a bodybuilder at the time. But, uh, uh, you know, things things happen, and... Uh, um, ended up getting out of the out of the sport and, and getting in, you know, I was in law enforcement for a little bit before the gym and then back in law enforcement after. And uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll stop here just for a second to have you refresh my memory because, again, I, I want people to know this is a part of Parkinson's is that we kind of lose our train of thought. <laughs> and what the question was, asked and that's you know i want people to hear what's happening here right now is that i'm asking robert to tell me what the question was again well you actually answered it beautifully rick it was that if you had ever written a book previously or been an author of a book and it sounds like you must have written one about bodybuilding then <laughs> there you go the whole important point about that question yes i did uh, because i was in the uh, fitness and exercise um, I wrote uh, back in the early 90s. I wrote uh, um, uh, it was a software program from NeoSoft, and I wrote uh, an exercise program. It actually was was uh, published in the uh, 1996 uh, uh, Software of the Month Club, and 
that was that that software that all that uh, technical writing they did on exercise and programs and and training and dieting and nutrition. I took all that information and I put it into a couple of different short um, uh, little pamphlets, um, sort of say, you know, programs that I sold online. I actually do a floppy disk, if you can remember those things. And uh, and that was kind of fun. And uh, and then uh, I eventually turned that into um, a book. After I actually wrote the Parkinson's book, I thought, why not take all that information I had from the 90s, because it's good information, and and put that together and into one book. And so I have out there now with this book, I have Work Out Until You're Blue, um, because that's what people will do if they don't know what they're doing. And so it's called Work Out Until You're Blue, and it's exercise uh, uh, programs and training principles and techniques and it's for personal trainers and the advanced athlete. Actually, anybody can use it, and, and it's up there too, selling. Who are the people who should seriously consider buying your book today? Who are the individuals who would most benefit from purchasing Parkinson's disease looking down the barrel? I think anybody that is struggling through the disease any family that's trying to find questions uh, about the disease and how it affects uh, the family. Um, oh, the responses that I get um, from some of the people that have read the book is I had no idea that so many other things are affected by Parkinson's. Um, it's mind-boggling or mind-opening. And, and, uh, and so people that not only have the disease but the caregivers uh, people that deal with support groups, the family. Um, I think it's important that uh, you know or that it would help them get through their process and possibly answer some questions they have. And if it, if anything, I, I I use some humor in my writing, and uh, I have some poems in there and some spiritual things in there. And and it's my hope to to lift their spirit through reading this story. And, uh, and 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 so when they finish, they they find uh, a feeling of happiness and joy. That's that's what I hope for. Do you still exercise regularly as you did when you were a bodybuilder? Um, I, I wish I, I did. As a bodybuilder, I did it for competition, and it's it's hard to say I didn't work out for the health of it. I always tell people that I worked out for competition. Um, you know, when you when a bodybuilder is standing on stage and they're 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 four point nine six percent body fat, which is very very low. I think four lower than four percent die, <laughs> I think. But uh, you know, I, I I got hydrostatic weigh-in at the University of Wisconsin one year when I went out for the USA and I was four point nine six. But when you stand on stage, and uh, you're you're very unhealthy. So you stand there and you're cut up and you see muscles and striations and vascularity. Uh, the bodybuilder has a very low percent body fat, and you need fat for absorption of vitamins A, K, D, and E. Shock and absorption for vitamins and or for organs and and so forth. So you know, nutritional-wise, you're you're unhealthy. And so I never competed for the health of it. I competed to win. And so. 
uh, sad to say is I didn't exercise for health. Now I need to exercise for health. Um, I'm, I still find it hard to get. I, I did join a gym, and uh, I went a number of times, and, uh, you know, I still find it struggling to get out of the house and get over there sometimes and, and exercise. You know, I, I, I tend to have this ego thing where I want to push weight and lift weight, and, and I start seeing other bodybuilders and powerlifters in the gym. It's an ego thing, and, and I see that, and and now I feel like, well, I was I was way up here and, and at one point. Now I'm the old man with Parkinson's in the gym, and uh, if anything, I stay on the bike or or the you know the treadmill and do a little walking or do a little spinning on the bike, and and that's about it. And uh, and so I no, I don't get in there like I should. And uh, and here's here's you know one for if I got a book out there, then why am I not doing it myself? And you know, but. Uh, um, there's a lot of important things in the book for people that are are out there and can get out there and do it and and so yeah I'm still struggling with that and uh, um, but I'm you know hoping to do a lot more and that's an honest answer. You mentioned you've been able to obtain the help from a number of different healthcare professionals and doctors. Who would you consider to be is on your medical team? Well, I, I right now I have I have some I have some great doctors. Um when I first got up, you know, I, you know, when I when I left uh actually when I got diagnosed, I went to the Scott and White Medical uh um college there in in Temple, Texas, and that was that was a great neurology facility there. Um I had one of the best doctors is uh world known for uh I I forget I, I think it was, well, I don't know if I can mention his name or not, but you know, but uh, you know he's world renowned for some of the things that he's doing with Parkinson's. He was the one that diagnosed me. Um, had an okay doctor after that in, in Midland. Uh, when I moved up here, I was struggling. I didn't have uh, the job. So when you don't have a job, and you don't have insurance. You know, I was paying a lot of money for my medication. I still I could still get prescriptions for it, but I didn't have a doctor I could go to or afford to see. And so it took me a while to get covered. When I did uh, get insurance, um, I went to the uh, Milwaukee um, Freighter, Milwaukee uh, Medical College of Wisconsin. And um, um, I'm with a great team there. Um, they got a great Parkinson's support group and program there. Some of the best uh, neurologists up here in Wisconsin. Uh, my doctor there is, can I mention his name? Oh, of course. Oh, my, yeah, his name is Dr. Heiner, and uh, he's a great physician, uh, very personal, and, uh, you know, listens to all the questions I have and, you know, answers everything for me. And and what's neat about that is that uh, actually when I lost the job I had with the insurance, um, I found out, well, hey, I can get help with the VA. So if anybody's listening to this program that's, that are a veteran, and they need help, um, the veterans office will help you if you don't have insurance. And so I went to the Veterans Administration, talked to them, and of course got approved. Um, and um, and so I got taken care of by them. And um, what was really neat about that is the same doctor that I was seeing with my insurance when I had the insurance at the Medical College of Wisconsin takes visits at the Veterans Administration here in Milwaukee. 
And so I ended up with the same doctor, which was just fabulous. And so, you know, I wish to stay with them. The, the Veterans Administration has been very helpful. Um, the uh, psychology and the psychiatry departments and and the, uh, you know, first the neurology department, um, all beneficial for me. And, of course, they start throwing other things at you and get you all checked up, you know, good uh, oil change. And uh, and it's just been great. That's my team. You mentioned earlier that you suspected when you were first diagnosed with the symptoms of Parkinson's that factors that might be causes are steroids or possibly diesel fuel exposure or possibly exposure to paints and glues in the various occupations that you've had uh, over your lifetime. What do you think today are factors that are causing the symptoms that you are currently experiencing? Well, of course, the symptoms I have now may be related to some of those other issues, but, um, you know, whatever it was that, you know, I was either contaminated with or whatever, I mean, now now I have the, the problems in the brain. And so the Parkinson's is, is from the, the, the lack of dopamine, of course, and uh, as everybody knows with Parkinson's. And, uh, and so those are my reasons for my my problems um of course the disease is progressive and and i i thank god that uh my disease is progressing i would say slow compared to others that i heard i know other people that were diagnosed 2002 2003 when i was that uh are a lot worse off than i am um so that's that's one thing but uh um if anything, the thing that affects my 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 disease most right now would be would be stress. Not that I have a lot of it. I'm not I'm not working anymore, so I'm not dealing with the politics at work and not dealing with the stress at work. Um, if anything, uh, um, maybe the dog stresses me out or the cat <laughs> barking. There. And it really stressed me out. If the cat was barking, on wouldn't it? But uh, uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, uh, just minor things, but but stress stress can do it. You know, of course, you always have stress in different situations. So, uh, if I'm on the road, it got really bad for a while when I was on the road, and uh, um, you know, somebody somebody pulls off in front of you, and 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 you know that that starts the nervousness, and and it's just something how, how it works for me now. Other people might be different, but. Um, you know, stress will start my right side shaking pretty much, and it's hard for me to, I, you know, I have to pull over the side of the road and not drive if, if that was the case. And not that I do a lot of driving anymore, but um, if, if I am, I'd, I'd certainly pull over and, and wait for it to calm down. What have you found has been most successful for you in addressing stress when it rears its ugly head? Well, if anything, uh, rest. Um, one thing that I found out with with my symptoms, and and I'm going to say my symptoms because, again, with Parkinson's, we're all different. But what I found out that works best for me is if I just if if I'm stressed out over stuff um, or anything's happening, I, I, maybe just to be by myself and close my eyes for about ten minutes. It's amazing 
that it's like, you know, it's like plugging my brain back into a circuit. Um, you know, I could be stressed out over something, and that stress might be coming from maybe just not being able to think properly and, 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 and not being able to put things in perspective, um, maybe from a lack of dopamine. And so, you know, you you get stressed out over something that maybe is not really, you know, should be stressing you. And so you just rest. You get away, lay down your head, and I could do that. I could sit in the chair, lay down my head for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes at the most, open, and automatically just wake up and feel recharged and feel absolutely great. It's, and so I tell, you know, people that if you're, you know, if you get stressed, you know, if you get tired, to take that nap. It's something important for people with Parkinson's and employers that are have people with Parkinson's working for them is let them have a 10-minute nap. When I worked for the sheriff's office, there were times that I felt like I just needed to lay my head down. Of course, if you're found on the job sleeping, you're going to get terminated. Well, I got approval from uh, my lieutenant uh, and my captain and, and, and was able to put my head down for about 10 minutes from time to time if I have to, just to just to recuperate. And I would do that and, 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 and you know, I'd find myself looking at a computer and not be able to think about a program and, that I used or maybe even developed and, and know how to use and can't figure out what I'm doing to produce a, maybe a report that I need and sit there and look at it for an hour and figure out what the hell's going on and, and rest my head for about 10 minutes, you know, sleep for 10 minutes, wake up, and zap through the program like it was nothing. And so for stress and, and, and tiredness, uh, if you need it, take that little nap and, and, and certainly do that and, and get that recharge. And that's what works for me. You've mentioned that you take a number of medicines that have been helpful. What is most important for people with the symptoms of Parkinson's to know about the uh, therapies uh, that you're familiar with? Uh, the therapies, uh, well, I mean, different, different. You know, I guess the different therapies. I'm, let me just kind of give you uh, my scenario because that, that's the best way to explain it. Because, like, you know, we everybody is going to be different. Some people might not be depressed. Some people might not have sleeping problems. Um, but uh, I, I take medicines for, um, uh, for for depression. And actually, I take medicine now for um, um, being a little bit bipolar. Um, that came about to, uh, I mentioned about driving before and stress. And I, I remember talking to the psychiatrist and saying, you know, I don't know what it is, but, you know, if somebody pulls in front of me, I, you know, as an officer, I mean, I used to just, you know, you know, I was in my own private car. You just, you know, deal with it, and you know, like we all do, um, you know, not have any road rage. But I, I told her, I remember feeling like I wanted to get out of my car, and I was afraid of what I might do to them. And I just had this ag- aggression and, 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 and just these, you know, manic episodes and so I got put on some minor uh, um, uh, medicine for the, for being a little bit bipolar. Um, for a while, I had problems sleeping, and I was taking, uh, I think it was anatriptyline, an uh, to rest a little bit to help me relax and, and get some sleep. Um, one thing with, uh, with the medicine, um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's like you're putting fuel in the brain. I don't know how to describe it, but sometimes it seems like it charges it up and, and one moment you're just tired and the next moment your mind won't stop going a million miles an hour and you're thinking about all kinds of stuff and it keeps you awake and, uh, but I went through a terrible time where I was getting three hours of sleep a night back in Texas and, and then working on you know, computers as a hobby at nighttime and then going to work in my office all day long and doing that day in and day out. And, and so, uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, that was some other uh, areas of need. Um, another thing might be... Uh, um, you know, uh, we, you know, one of the side effects of people with Parkinson's is, is swallowing. Um, I don't have too much, tr- you know, trouble swallowing at all anymore. Um, once in a while, I might gag on a little saliva, but uh, but I tend to uh, I tend to have a little bit of uh, um, like uh, heartburn at nighttime, and it's maybe because I do have Parkinson's that. I'm not swallowing like I should be while I'm sleeping, and I end up inhaling some of my fluids in my mouth and wake up choking a little bit. So that, uh, you know, if there's things that you can take for that, I, uh, I, there's some medicine I take to kind of help that. And, but uh, that and, you know, some vitamins here and there, and that's, that's about it. The Parkinson's uh, meds, they're uh, specific for different people. Um I've, I've gone through a couple of different kinds. Uh, mostly what works for me is the, uh, the carbidopa, levodopa. Um, the levodopa is the, you know, the drug that we get our, you know, um, dopamine from. And I, I believe it is the carbidopa helps the levodopa get through past the blood-brain barriers. And then I take another medicine called Compton that helps kind of smooth things out a little bit and makes the medicine last a little bit longer. What have been the gifts in disguise with the symptoms of Parkinson's that you currently experience? The gifts in disguise. The gifts in disguise. The 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 uh, the the experience that you had in, with Parkinson's that has wound up being a positive benefit to your life. Well, I, I can tell you that, you know, if, if it wasn't for that I sat down and wrote my story out and just how I dealt with the problems that I had and some of the different issues I had with the, the marriage and the divorce and, and, and you, know, you know, and the compulsive disorder and the gambling and, the, and uh, you, know, you know, maybe smoking marijuana while I was an officer. I mean, some of those drastic things that, it wasn't for me sitting down and writing that out and and seeing that on paper. If anything, that was that was an eye opener for me to take a look at that from you know try to take a look at that from a, a different perspective and uh, and and see that and and then and then finding uh, that renewal. I like I said going through that, I, I I had a hate for God. I mean, we anybody can hate God for a while when something happens to them or they lose a family member, a loved one, so forth. But, um, you know, we, I think it's a struggle that we all go through. And then I found a renewal in my faith. And and through that and through my story, which has been just awesome, I have been 
you know, introduced to other people that that if not for me writing this out and doing this, um, that I would have never met. And um, I, I believe, you know, these, you know, some of the other people I've met are going to end up being lifetime friends uh, and acquaintances. And uh, and of course, you know, um, other projects that I can work on. I mean, I, there's other things I want to do uh, to help out. I mean, I have I have five um, in January and February. I have five uh, seminars that I'm doing or speaking sessions, I should call them. You know, to tell my story like I'm doing here. You know, talk about my book and my, my symptoms and my problems and how I dealt with it to help other people. Um, uh, they wanted to, you know, you know, pay me for this, and and of course these are support groups, Parkinson support groups. I, you know, I told them no. I just I, I want to give back, and and if anything, it's you know, God has given me a gift to give back, and it's making me feel great, and it's making me feel better than I have even before than I had the Parkinson's. So. That's that's a gift. If you'd like to be able to call in and ask Richard Secklin a question or talk with him, you can call our toll-free number, and that's 877-590-0733. Some of the individuals that are currently listening to this show and individuals who will listen later to the archived program will have been just diagnosed a few days ago, if not a few weeks ago. What would you want to say to these individuals? I would say the first thing to do is is um, research and get as much information as you can. I think one thing that helped me is is, is doing my own research and and, uh, and 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 grabbing up the books and. And 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 talking to your doctors and asking the questions, asking the if if anything, if you just got first got diagnosed, go to a uh, Parkinson's support group, talk to other people so you can find out what's happened because there you're going to find uh, the people that have the knowledge to give you some of the supplies that you're going to need, whether it's reading material or just information answers to help you understand what's going on and what can happen. Um, you know, when we first get the disease, the first thing that we hear from people around us is the first thing they say to to you when you tell them you have Parkinson's, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Well, you know that that's devastating. You know, you know it's, it's drastic to hear that from somebody. So it scares us, and you know it's that fear that we all have. So we need to find out those answers and and find out that hey, this disease can be different, and we all progress differently, and. And uh, you know we're going to have different needs, and uh, to get that support, and and you know find the right support because yeah, I I went to a support group you know soon after I found out uh, after I was diagnosed, and I ended up in a support group um, with a lot of older adults, and uh, now I'm 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 57. I was 50 at the time. Um, but I was in a room with people 70s and 80s and 90s. And so that wasn't the right support group for me. Um, there's a lot of people that get diagnosed, you know, young onset, you know, 40 and younger. And so you might find a group that's 50 or younger that, uh, you know, because people that are younger are dealing with careers and, and work and, and have those issues of disclosure. Should I disclose? Shouldn't I disclose? That kind of information that's important to, to know and so that's where you get that from. So 
you know, you don't have to go to one support group and stick to that one. Go to a few of them and check them out. Find the ones that, uh, you know, that you feel uh, uh, that best fits you. Uh, but definitely get that support group and get your family involved because it's important. You know, if, if I could tell anybody anything, I get my family more involved so they know that the mood swings I had or the depression I had, um, it was never addressed to them or, um, you know, it's, it's not that uh, uh, I didn't love them, um, you know, or that uh, um, I just disregarded them. I, I, w- I was dealing with something that I didn't even know what was happening and, and they needed to understand you know, uh, so they could they could see what was happening with me and uh, and know that uh, it was just a disease that I was fighting, and that it was just not just physical ailments, but but uh, mental and uh, physiological things, uh, psychological things that happen that uh, that we all deal with, and and those kind of issues. So yeah, get the support and get the get caregivers involved and get them educated too as, as soon as you can. How can people buy your book, Parkinson's Disease, Looking Down the Barrel? Well, the book is on uh, Amazon. It's in paperback and it's an e-book. It's on Barnes & Nobles on, on, on the Puppet site. Um, and then you can uh, go to Google Books actually too. It's on Google Books and you can see it there. Um, you can actually read 20% of the book, um, which is a lot of information I gave you here, and uh, and uh, and I hope you get moved by it. And um, but it's yeah, it's it's available out there. And uh, and like I said, we you know we're kind of got a couple people working on the idea of maybe putting this in, in into a, a a movie. And uh, so if you know if there's people out there that are interested and and getting involved in that and helping us out to to get this get the story out and find a cure and and uh, let caregivers know um, you know what's what's needed and and support groups and so forth um, and to help us uh, you know raise funds for a cure and 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 maybe even help somebody's out there that might want to help us put a DVD together to, um, that that we can uh, uh, produce uh, as a fundraising vehicle for Parkinson's. So. Um, yeah, if they can, uh, you know, contact me for that, um, you know, after they read the story and get moved by it and, and want to participate, that'd be awesome. How can people get in touch with you, Rick? Uh, well, I have a, I have a website. It's it's it's, it's um, you know uh, it's MilwaukeeFitnessTrainer.com, and uh, and then they can also email me at um, R. Secklin, that's S-E-C-K-L-I-N, at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, if they're interested. In, and then I have a, 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 a Twitter account, too, where they can tweet me, and, and uh, that's Parkinson's Help. And uh, so there's context there that we've made, and, and uh, I've actually been a, a approved by... Uh, um, Kickstarter. Kickstarter is a program that helps you raise some funds and uh, you know help uh, get the story out there. But I, I, we need uh, to develop a little video for that. So if somebody wants to help us with that, that'd be that'd be awesome. 
You mentioned uh, that the website is Milwaukee Fitness Center. It might be a smart idea to spell that for everyone, since Milwaukee is a tough one to spell. Milwaukee is M-I-L-W-A-U-K-E-E, and it's fitness trainer dot com. All one word, MilwaukeeFitnessTrainer.com. I believe if they Google Milwaukee Fitness Trainer, they'll 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 find it. So you've mentioned a few projects that are already in the planning stages. What other projects are on the drawing board for you? Uh, well, that's that's about it. I mean, I, I actually well, I shouldn't say that. I I, I got another idea. Another idea for a book um, that deals with Parkinson's. So since I have Parkinson's and since I have so much information uh, and all those years of uh, of training athletes and, and uh, owning a health club and exercising, that I could very well develop a really good fitness book for people with Parkinson's. And there's other books out there. Um, so I have to kind of take a look and, and maybe take a certain uh, – um, you know, a certain angle on that. But, uh, but that's one of the ideas that I had that's up there spinning in my head. And, and uh, But I, I certainly love to write, and, uh, and so um, I, I'll continue doing that and find some other things to write about it. Uh, I have a book uh, that I started on, um, on Parkinson's relationships. Since mine, uh, my dealings with Parkinson's and um, the onset of this disease um, and the, all the in and outs that caused my breakup of my marriage after 18 years um, that I felt like maybe I could, there's something I can put together for people that are dealing with Parkinson's and relationships when it involves, you know, the love that you know people have for each other, including sexual uh, relationships and the different problems that people will have with Parkinson's that, you know, it's not that you don't love somebody. Uh, maybe you just can't, you know. You know, maybe you need some medicine to continue doing what you're doing. And I'm sure everybody understands where I'm getting that. And then even for a woman with Parkinson's, I mean, there's going to be more problems and symptoms that they have. Um, and it's not that uh, they don't love their partner. Maybe just that they're they're not in the mood. They're depressed and dealing with other symptoms from this disease. So. People in relationships that, you know, somebody has Parkinson's certainly need to understand, especially, uh, especially the younger, you know, the younger groups of people that, you know, young onset group that are still so active uh, in, in these relationships and still trying to find a partner even. Sounds like that's a work in progress. Do you have a title for that new book? Uh, well... <laughs> Uh, actually, I do, but I'm not sure if it's going to really. I'm not sure if it's going to really uh, go over well. But it's, it's because again, like I did in, in in looking down the barrel, I used some humor in there because it's. Um, I think you got to get through life with some some humor. It's the only way to get through life, and so I do use some humor. And you can tell with the title because of the kind of the temporary title I have right now is called Drooling Sex. <laughs> that should sell a few copies. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> certainly people will look at it like, "What the heck are they talking about?" Right. But, uh, 
you know, there you go. I'll be issuing the December uh, issue of the Parkinson's Recovery magazine on Friday, just before uh, Christmas Day. I'd love it if you could write an article for the magazine in a future month. Might you be available to do that, Rick? Oh, that would be exciting. I certainly would. I would love to do that. It sounds like you've got some material, some ideas, and some subjects that many other individuals are not writing about. And so I'm sure that the audience of readers of the magazine would love to read anything that you would write. Oh, that would be uh, that'd be great. I would uh, love to be a part of that. And again, see, that's uh, that's something else that uh, you know that would be uh, allow me to. Uh, to help other people, so uh, of course I would. Wonderful. What question have I not asked that I need to be sure and ask? You know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too sure <laughs> would be able to answer that. Uh, um, I really don't know. Uh, I would say, if anything, this. Uh, you know, we talked about uh we talked about medical doctors um and uh and getting the right diagnosis and, and getting the right doctors and you know um and uh you know I mean you always hear stories where people in small towns need to get out of the small town and go to a bigger city to find, you know, better doctors that maybe they're there because they get paid better or so forth and and uh and, I, and I'm not uh, I'm not downgrading uh, Midland at all in any way. They got excellent doctors. I had an awesome uh, general practitioner there. Um, uh, but I did end up uh, I did end up uh, I think a quack there for a while that uh, was first treating me uh, with the you know to try to find out if I had Parkinson's. And so I could say anything you know uh, do some research first before you even go to a doctor. Usually, your doctor will refer you to somebody else. Uh, um, I, I was referred to this doctor, and uh, you know, all I can I can you know relay a story where I was laying in his office. He uh, he had an office in and one in another town, and he was just opening an office in in, in Midland. And he didn't even have a nurse working for him yet. He had a secretary that was her first day there. Um, and so he's doing the spinal tap to get some fluid to see, you know, to run a, a you know, the spinal tap to check the fluid out for diseases uh, in my, you know, in my pre-diagnosis. And he tried to get in, the, in you know, in the back four times. And on his fourth attempt, I finally yelled at him and stopped him, stopped him from doing what he was doing. And, uh, and his secretary was freaking out because here she's not even a nurse. And uh, it was... Um, yeah, it was early in the morning. And we were the only ones in the office, and I'm just laying in a, in a room on a bed, and and so it was like I can't believe this is happening. So, but I would say, uh, you know, if any anything, you know, um, for people to ask uh, is is ask the right questions and 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 check with other people and do other research to find the right doctor to go to first, the first time if you can. 
you've talked uh, quite a bit about the challenge of depressions that you confronted, uh, particularly in the early stages of the diagnosis. What's been most helpful to you in being able to address that challenge? Again, um, you know, a lot of things that you think might be causing depression um, is, is to find those right answers. Um, was my depression caused from Parkinson's? Was my depression caused from stress at work? Was my depression caused from um, not being able to sleep? Was my depression caused from, you know, finding out my wife was, you know, having an affair with somebody else? Uh um, you know, politics that work. A lot of it, you, so you find out, you, you got you to gotta analyze the depression in itself. Find out what issues are causing. Try to get rid of some of the stressful issues that may be causing the depression. You might not be able to find those because as, as it might be, you know, physiological and, and other chemicals causing the depression itself. Um, you know, from what I understand, you know, uh, you know, 30, 40%, and you probably would know the answer to that better than I, uh, 30, 40% of people with Parkinson's um, have depression issues. And so is that is it from the, you know, the medicine we take? Is it from the, the you know, the disease itself? Um, so try to find those answers out, if, you know, and if anything... Just get get the rest, but uh, always have the support there. Uh, if you don't have the support there, I, you know, being being uh, you know uh, not really alone, but you know, felt alone without a you know support group at the time because I stopped going to the support group I went to when I found myself looking down the barrel of a gun. Um, uh, that's the worst thing that can happen. So uh, you know. That's why it's important for caregivers to understand what you know people with Parkinson's are going through, to make sure that when you know watch for those signs of the depression and be around them, and, and don't leave them alone, and because uh, um, a lot of things can happen. So you know, if anything, uh, find out you know the best you can of why you might be getting depressed. Get get treated for that. Talk to your doctor. Ask those questions because if you don't ask, the doctor's not going to know. And so the best thing to do is to sit down and, and, you know, different things will happen. You might not have an appointment for a month or two. Uh, I go to the doctor usually every three months. And so you write down those questions. Um, you know, how come I'm depressed? Or why, why is it that I feel like killing somebody if they cut me off when I'm driving? You know, you, you write all those questions down, and then you get them answered. And then you get them treated. If you don't write them down and don't, because you'll forget when you get to the doctor. He's going to be jarring your arms and legs and having you do different things, and, and you'll forget the question you want to ask. So write it down. Take that paper to your doctor. Uh, you have a good doctor. He'll listen to you and, you know, answer your questions and then start dealing with some of the different things. You know, I went to a um, psychologist, started talking about some of the symptoms I was having. They sent me to a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist gave me medicine. Simple as that. So write those questions down and ask the doctors. To clarify for everyone, it sounds like you're uh, available to be a guest speaker for any audience or support group for individuals currently experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's. How do people get in touch with you if they'd like to invite you to their support group? 
Well, uh, you know, of course, uh, here up in uh, Milwaukee, they can get uh, go through uh, Milwaukee Medical College of Wisconsin, and uh, and there's a Parkinson's Support Group website there. I'm, I'm not sure of the uh, of, of the address there, but they can they can re- just Google it and they'll find it and uh, um, and get a hold of them. Um, because right now I have I have that or that support group organizing the other sessions that I'm doing, but I'd also be available for um, um, you know online uh, whether it's video conference um, if people wanted to just they can get a hold of me for that and we can set that up. Um, and again, you know uh, my my email is rsecklin at gmail dot com. Richard Secklin, author of Parkinson's Disease, Looking Down the Barrel, thank you so much for being my guest today on the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. You are so welcome, Robert, and I hope uh, you know, I maybe help some people out there, maybe answer some of the questions they had, or maybe entice them to get up there and get some more information on, on their symptoms and, and, and how to help themselves out. And, and again, I, I wish... Uh, uh, everybody, a uh, uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and and uh, God bless uh, everyone. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. No, by virtue of the fact you are listening to this radio show today that you are on the road to recovery. May each and every individual who's listening today have an incredible and a divine holiday. We look forward to connecting with you next Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Good day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.